Hey, I'm Rod. This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about unimportant subjects. And today we're going to talk about El Chupacabras. The Chupacabras is this modern mythical creature, a cryptid, kind of like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, that in the mid-90s took the world by storm, specifically Latin America. And for me, the first time I was introduced to the Chupacabras was on this TV show called Primer Impacto that aired on Univision. Primer Impacto is a news program, kind of like how Judge Judy is a courtroom. So technically, they are this, like technically Judge Judy's courtroom is a courtroom, but it's a little bit more sensationalized. It's a little bit more fake, and ultimately, it's not real. Uh, in that same way, Primer Impacto does say does tell news and gives you the weather and everything but it's a little bit more sensationalized it's a little bit over the top and ultimately they refer a lot of stuff that's not real and in the mid 90s for a while there they reported on the chupacabras almost every other day and i remember this one story that i was lucky enough to be able to find on youtube uh that just really freaked me out de una pequeña población al sur de Guatemala están aterrorizados después de descubrir lo que podría ser la primera víctima humana en este país del chupacabras. Como nos dice César Gaitán, desde allá el mayor temor es que vuelva a atacar. Todos lo temían, pero nadie se imaginaba cuándo ni dónde iba a suceder. Sin embargo, al parecer este hombre es la primera víctima humana que muere a causa del chupacabras. For those of you guys that don't know Spanish, that was Mirka de Llanos at the beginning, who was the host of Primer Impacto, saying that the inhabitants of a small town in the south of Guatemala are terrorized because of what seems like the first human victim of the chupacabras, and that they are horrified that it might happen again. Then the sirens come in, and from there the story just takes off. They show this horrific man thrown on the ground with his face you know, pixelated and distorted so that you can't see exactly what happened. And they say that, you know, the Chupacabras came and attacked this man and the scientists can't explain what happened. The police can't explain what happened, but it looks very similar to what the Chupacabras does to animals. And so when I'm nine years old and I hear this, I literally couldn't sleep. There's been two times in my childhood that I was unable to sleep due to fear both of those are related to things that Primer Impacto reported. Uh, the first one is the Chupacabras. The second one is the Railroad Killer, which I don't know if you guys remember that. Also in the mid-90s. The point is, Primer Impacto is responsible for a lot of my childhood traumas. But the Chupacabras um, was this fascination in the mid-90s. I remember everyone in my school was talking about it. Like I said, every other day you will see it in the news. And for a solid six months, that's all everyone will talk about. So this creature came out of nowhere and just completely took over my life. But where did it even come from? Um, the first sighting was in 1995 in Puerto Rico, where eight sheep were discovered dead with puncture wounds in the chest. Then a few months later, we had the first eyewitness account of the Chupacabras by this woman called Madeline Tolentino. She reported seeing a creature in Canovanas that was eating goat and sheep and she described it as this alien looking thing with spines on its back and huge red eyes that would kind of hunch over and would jump around like a kangaroo so immediately that took over the imaginations of people and 
at one time there was as many as 150 farm animals and pets that were reported killed. Um, and throughout Puerto Rico, there was 200 sightings, reported sightings of the chupacabras. Um, but each one was a little bit different. Some people would say that, you know, they saw it flying. Some people would say that they saw it floating telekinetically. Some people would say that its eyes were black. Some people would say that its eyes were red. Some people would say that it would walk upright like a little dwarf. Some people would say that it would walk on all fours like a gorilla. Some people would say that it jumped like a kangaroo. But every one of these sightings was reported on Primer Impacto. And every one of those sightings I would absorb as a kid uh, sitting there in my dinner table right after school. And eventually sightings of the Chupacabra spread from Puerto Rico to Miami to other parts of the United States to Mexico to Guatemala, which is where the story of supposedly the man that got killed by the Chupacabras that I showed you guys earlier came from, to El Salvador, to Nicaragua, all over Latin America, and even sightings in Portugal and Spain were reported. So it became a global phenomenon in the mid-90s where this little green alien was terrorizing the minds of young kids everywhere. Then um, the Chupacabras kind of died out in terms of popularity, but in the year 2000, a rancher in Nicaragua shot and wounded something that attacked his goats, and that was the second coming, so to speak, of the Chupacabras, um, but this iteration of it was a little bit different, whereas the one in Puerto Rico and the one uh, of the mid-90s was like an alien-looking thing. This looked more like a dog or like a canine, but now we had a body, so now we could see what it was there was no longer you know blurry bigfoot pictures or drawings or illustrations or anything this rancher shot it and he could see that he, we could see what it was he said that supposedly he took it to get genetic experiment on it and that they found that it was a cross between a wolf and a crocodile um, but specialists or just biologists at the university there in Nicaragua analyzed the body and they said it was just a common dog uh, that had a, a parasite or it was stricken with mange. So that is the second coming of the Chupacabras. It's described less like a small green alien man and more like a dog that's hairless, that's kind of disfigured, that has a weird nose, that has ugly teeth and very little hair. Some people still described it with spines along its back, uh, but this second iteration or newer Chupacabras was spotted all along Latin America and the United States and became kind of like a thing here in Texas also where, you know, I remember Texas wildlife had like a report on it and claimed that it was, you know, a coyotes that were stricken with mange. Um, so there's been a couple of these chupacabras of the new ones that have been subjected to DNA testing and they're all the same. Sickly coyotes or dogs which goes back to the question, well, then what kills the cows? You know, chupacabras literally means goat sucker. Um, and they got that name because livestock were killed. And you could see that the blood was missing, that the animals were bitten on the neck and that the blood had obviously drained out. And that's where people started saying, well, what killed the animals if not a chupacabras? And more than likely it was dogs or coyotes or, you know, just feral dogs that don't necessarily eat what they kill they kill and then run away and by the time you discover it the blood has already drained out because they do attack the neck um but that didn't stop preventing factor from reporting on it and that didn't stop me from being scared of it and that didn't stop the myth from expanding because 
soon you had chupacabras keychains you had chupacabras t-shirts you had chupacabras songs you had chupacabras you know like a big desert race was called the chupacabras and it just kind of took over and became something a lot more meaningful it became something that kind of like bigfoot or the loch ness monster except it was modern it's the first modern cryptid and it's the and it's one of the first cryptids at least that i know that is born of latin america and cryptids are cryptids rather are held afloat by the people who believe in them almost to a fault so the weird thing or the cool thing about the chupacabras is that unlike bigfoot or the yeti or the loch ness monster or whatever there's really no cultural background to it there's really no ancient history to it there's no folklore behind it or anything like that it just popped up in the 90s and maybe years from now it will become something that's a bit of a folklore or anything though i doubt that because it's kind of died down but it's interesting that the chupacabras came about when it did because the 90s weren't weren't necessarily a good time for people in latin america and that's where it sprouted up and the chupacabras really came to be more of people's anxieties and a simple way to explain the things that are going wrong in the world the things that are scary in the world the uncertainty and the fear that all the people were feeling at that time kind of became personified as the chupacabras and that's the thing with all of these cryptids that's the thing with all of these kind of conspiracy theories or because the chupacabras isn't necessarily a conspiracy theory but it shares a lot of things with it people are generally not comfortable with mystery or people are not comfortable with the way the things are and the simple explanations behind the way the things are so when this occurs is when these creatures kind of rise in that primer impacto report that i showed you guys earlier at the very end of it the brother of the man who was reportedly killed by the chupacabras uh, he talks to the interviewer and he says you know it was not the chupacabras he probably got mugged he was drunk and other drunks mugged him or somebody mugged him and just did something cruel to his face to his head and that's it and the brother says that and the reporter says that's what he thinks but many people are saying there's no way to know what exactly happened to him <laughs> so it's this thought process it's its mindset it's this mindset that perpetuates these creatures that perpetuates these ideas and it's ultimately not being comfortable with the truth and not being or not being comfortable with not knowing something you know it's one thing to say well why are all our livestock dying and not really know it so then you can just make up a creature or you just blame your misfortune on the misfortune that you heard someone else had oh the chupacabras attacked my neighbor oh yeah it definitely attacked me too oh and it attacked my neighbor and it attacked his neighbor and just everyone is being stricken by the same poverty by the same thing that's that's going wrong and this is an easy way to explain it these cryptids lie in a weird place where where people want the world to be just as explainable as they as they can make it because really the logical thing is too simple and the mystery is too complex and the cryptid fits right in to where it is there's been a bunch of studies about you know these types of theories and conspiracy theories and cryptids and there's this one that says that people are more likely to attribute societal problems to small groups of evil people rather than systemic causes um, or evil creatures by blaming tragedies disasters and social problems on the actions of a malign body you can divert attention from the inherent limitations of whatever social systems you're in and that's ultimately what the chupacabras was and that's ultimately 
o el primer impacto es. El primer impacto spreads these sensationalized truths to kind of take attention away from the inherent limitations of the social systems that Latinos and most people that watch Primer Impacto or those types of programs are afflicted by. And rather than address them head on, they just kind of throw this other theory out there that could make those limitations disappear by blaming them on this supernatural creature that came out of nowhere or by blaming it on, you know, whatever other thing rather than analyzing the problem for what it is. Um, and that's why it's not really a news program. That's why the Chupacabras isn't really uh, news. It becomes kind of like a tautology where people said it on TV because people said it on TV in regards to the Chupacabras. And it just keeps going and going and going. And eventually people move on from believing in the Chupacabras or from talking about the Chupacabras. But it exists simply because enough people talked about it. And... Going back to that first eyewitness of the Chupacabras, many years later there's this book called Tracking Down the Chupacabras which um, really analyzes the whole phenomenon and really goes in depth into how it spread worldwide and everything and it's a pretty good book. But in it, the woman who first describes the, who has the eyewitness account of it, her name uh, Madelina Tolentino, she, uh, they asked her if she had seen the movie Species because the movie Species was released at around the same time that she said she had seen this alien and the description of the Chupacabras that she gave kind of fits what the alien was like in the movie and they asked her if she had seen the movie she said she said yeah and she liked it and that she can see something like that happening um, so since then, a lot of people have said, well, that's why she described it the way she did, and that's why she talked about it the way she did. And maybe the Chupacaros is just, you know, people's anxieties and fears and the way they deal with uncertainties only described to look kind of like an alien from species. So when I was a kid, the Chupacaros kept me up for about a couple of months, and it turns out that it was, you know, the anxieties of people trying to deal with the inherent limitations of their social systems just kind of personified in this little green alien. And it's kind of funny because all these 15, 20 years later, it's still anxieties that are keeping me up at night. It's just I haven't personified them into a little green monster. Uh, so maybe it'd just be better off if I, if I start believing in the chupacabras again. Or maybe I never did stop believing in the chupacabras. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. So that's some more relevant information. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for subscribing. If you have any ideas, comments, questions, anything, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at rod underscore n-u-n-e-z or at irrelevantpub. Uh, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.